0: Okay, so I've got an election angle, or sorry, a Trader Joe's angle to um, Saturday's election news. Of of course you do. Yeah. So I think I've sent this account to you before Trader Joe's to be discontinued. And I'm not sure I want you to put the thing in the notes, but, and again, ignore the picture that's going to appear on the right. But there have been some accounts that have gotten vaguely political, which I like, where this account is one that will let you know when products are getting discontinued, um, and they put this rotten orange is soon to be discontinued, and it was their most liked post ever. But the other good part is that in the comments are just people that are mad, <laughs> and they're like unfollowed. I follow this for uh, for valuable grocery news. It's the best <laughs> because I like this is one of my least favorite pictures of, of not and not that I think anybody has a favorite picture of the the president other than him staring directly into a solar eclipse. Um, but I did like that that was a fun bit from uh, this whole thing. But in terms of positive news about the election, uh, we've got two dogs that are going to be coming into the White House, which um, kind of the common refrain has been don't trust anybody that doesn't like dogs. So that's good. Um, what do you think about the two speeches that happened? Um, they're, they're not, were they acceptance speeches? I don't know what you'd call them, the ones that uh, Kamala and. Um, Biden gave on Saturday evening.
1: Yeah, acceptance speeches, victory speeches. Well, is the election
0: over? (laughs) Sorry, happy happy show.
1: I, I I did watch them, and you know it. There was a sense of normalcy returning, which was really nice. Um, you just you you left you left the those speeches feeling reassured, which is something that has been in short supply the last four years
0: very much so like i thought they were both very good speeches and they were both um exceedingly normal which was cool um (laughs) i know that's that's that says a lot or that's a very low bar but also um uh darth has been doing amazing overtime work this weekend but what he posted during the um uh, during the speeches, I felt it was really encapsulated all of it, which was at six oh one p.m. on November seventh. This feeling of hope is weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked that one. I mean, like, cause it just makes sense. Or, or, or it, it, it's been a long time where there's actually like politicization is the wrong word, but where like just uh, wanting, uh, like broad. Imp- I don't know. Like just just wanting the country, all of it, to do better is is um is a weirdly uncontroversial subject, but for some reason has been completely lost the past four years. So I don't know. I think Darth captured it really well. Yeah, there's a lot of good Twitter this weekend, and it was a very positive weekend where just leaving MSNBC on the background and, and watching people dance in the streets was um, uh, enough to um, sustain making a bunch of mediocre latte art.
1: Yeah, I um, I think I you know I mentioned on the show at least a couple of weeks ago at this point that I was basically totally off Twitter, but then <laughs> kind of in the week leading up to the election and then the week post election, got really back into Twitter, just keeping up with everything. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go back off Twitter for a while now. Yeah, <laughs> you and Claire both. Yeah, no. I saw Claire's message, and I thought that was one of the things I, or one of the um, um, moments where I thought, like, yeah, I, I should probably get back off Twitter too. Yeah,
0: you should. You should always follow uh, Claire's lead. Um, one other thing, because I, because I use the website version of Twitter, so that I use Twitter less, which is a somewhat effective strategy. Uh, I'm not following him, but it keeps recommending that I follow uh, Micah Cohen. Uh, of the 538.com website um and he's got a really cute dog who apparently looks like obi-wan very good i knew it was that because it wasn't the um the sassy guy who drives the um like the the space uber the millennium falcon
1: he's not han solo that's correct
0: no, that's not Han Solo. Han Solo's the kid. Han Solo is the one who I'm not your father or the the chops his hand off and then the thing. What? The one who is um what uh the one who's Princess Leia's brother who that's loses Luke, his hand. Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Han. What it, what? Okay, no, it is it is Luke. I've just remembered. Never mind. <laughs> I never remember which one's which. And oh,
1: it's like you had it right, but then you like I can negotiate only, it against yourself. No, and I can.
0: Then... <laughs> oh, so you that that has been that has been. I, you just called me Jared. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. I negotiate against myself. It's our stockpile, not your stockpile. <laughs> um. Anyway, no, I, I can only ever remember two uh characters of Star Wars at a time. So if I remember one is named Luke, I don't remember who the old guy is or who the um. The space taxi guy is there's always two Carlos there's a master and there's an apprentice which one is um, the kid yeah because that's that's the third one who's Anakin then
1: he's Darth Vader so,
0: so, sorry spoilers wait so the kid who races the pods mm-hmm. with jar jar and stuff that's Darth Vader
1: Jar jar does not participate in the, the pod race just to... he was a
0: featured heavily in the trailers of a movie I've never watched
1: uh, he we yes he was but he was not featured in in that particular scene. Um, but yes, that that's the entire prequel trilogy is the story of how Anakin
0: becomes Darth Vader. So fresh, free, a fresh faced little kid becomes James Earl Jones. That's correct. That's a switch up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Michael Cohen has a cute tone. <laughs> Uh I don't. Know, is that a puggle? I think so
1: um can i hit you with one more star wars thing this is oh. this is a topic that we're gonna come back to at some point please do um uh, but i want i want you to start thinking about this now mm-hmm. i I have a really big decision to make with the new housemate when she's old when she's old enough to um to watch star wars
0: can, can i give a suggestion uh, please yeah uh none of it but alternatively <laughs> Does it doesn't, isn't John Syracuse the one that's four five six one two three?
1: Or, so that's or
0: just show her the one with Ray and then just put it on Frozen it, on repeat.
1: Yeah, because I, I, I feel
0: I... like kids. I, I I'm I'm not a parent and I don't care for Star Wars, but I feel like the 1970s movies, unless you're a little boy, aren't gonna hold up, especially in an era of 4K Disney Plus of like HDR bright colors like. I feel like that's it sure as hell didn't capture my attention and I don't think it's gonna do it for like a a six year old girl.
1: So the the first half of episode four, which if you go in, in <laughs> if only you half know I saw. Yeah, if you if you go in release order it would be what you'd start with. Mm-hmm. And that would be that's the part that I think there's there's a challenge with that holding up today. I agree with that. I think the second half of episode four holds up to any modern, you know, action movie. Mm-hmm. But and I think episodes 5 and 6 do as well, but it, it's that first half of episode 4 that would be a little bit of a challenge.
0: Is it the the the, the effects are poor or you just think the movie is too slow It's just slow the the, to the, start? Pa- the
1: pacing, the pacing's I mean obviously like it gets off to a, an exciting first 5-10 minutes, but then it it, well, yeah, it does
0: it's a whole bunch of subtitles. Kids love <laughs> subtitles. Well, after after the crawl. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that, but, well, that's never mind. I make a toddler joke. <laughs> um,
1: but you know the 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 other issue then to to tackle would be if you start with either the prequels or you know the the Disney movies, then I feel like it'd be really hard to go back to that original trilogy. So,
0: have you considered because? I assume you and your house have enough um, Star Wars. Um, uh, what's what's the word? Like just items, just like things in there. Where are you going to try to present it, or do you think you're gonna tr- maybe do some strategic placement of maybe a Baby Yoda thing, and then hope that you are asked about it, and being like, "Oh, do you want do you want to see what this is?" Or are you gonna try to formally be like, "No, this is." This is what it means to be part of this family, and you're going to have to watch (laughs) this 14 to 25 hours of uh, uh, media that doesn't appeal to everybody. I don't know.
1: So, I think this actually came up on last week's show, or maybe the week before, where my parenting style in general is going to be to allow Madeline to to kind of discover her own interests, and for me to to not really...
0: Yeah, that came up in the uh, are you going to curate a pro or anti-princess household? Exactly. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, And then I I had said at that time, and I'll I'll stand by that now, that I think Star Wars will be kind of the one thing that maybe I push on a little bit. But I, I, I hope that I'm able to achieve her being interested in it, not through any sort of like peer pressure, but just like through my own excitement. Like, she sees me being excited about it, and she gets
0: excited about it. But I guess what would be the context of, be, of you being excited about it?
1: Like, I don't know, if if a new movie comes out, or, mm-hmm. you know, when we eventually go to Disneyland, and, you know, that part of the park is... <laughs> Yeah, I know. Kind of hard to imagine at, at this time, mm-hmm. but in, in some far flung future date when we're able to do that, mm-hmm. um, you know, going to the the Star Wars land part of the park and being really excited about that. Have you? Um,
0: have you? Um, hold on. Uh, well, sorry. You you keep talking, and I'll find this on Reddit. I
1: mean, that's kind of the thought. I'm I'm hoping that that by me being really into it, that'll just kind of naturally rub off on her.
0: Uh, give me one second because if i can find this this is the cutest thing and i assume you've seen it um no okay well then we'll, we'll move on and then if i find it i'll um uh, no i'll find it anyway okay so yeah so that 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 makes sense but um so have you thought about other because like pixar will kind of just happen on its own are there there's no other media that you really care about
1: No, I mean, Star Wars is really the the one thing that I'll, you know, maybe nudge her a little bit on. But other than that, you know, what she's into is what she's into, and there's not going to be a lot of, a lot of pressure. Got it.
0: Okay. Uh, You want to start the show? Uh, Yeah, let's do it. um, Yeah. Okay. Let's just jump into follow-up, because we'll try to keep this to an hour. Uh, Me or you first? About what we ordered? Sure. Well, I guess I, I woke up first, so maybe
1: I'll go first. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I had an alarm set for 4.55 a.m. last Friday morning um, and had probably my best iPhone ordering experience ever. Um, you know, the iPhone upgrade program has come a long way from the first year well i guess it was the second year so the first time where you were actually going through the upgrade process where they didn't even offer you any sort of online ability to do that you you had to physically go into a store to do it so that was the Mm -hmm. one and only time that i've ever lined up early in the morning at an apple store um and that but that's slowly been iterated on so then the the second upgrade cycle they They did allow you to do that online, but it was still kind of a clunky process. And it's evolved to the point now where you can actually go through basically the entire transaction ahead of time. So like the four or five days leading up to the official pre-order date, you can go through and check that you're eligible to upgrade, go through the credit check for the, um, the loan for the program. You select the actual phone you want. So then when the pre-orders go live, um, in this case, it was 5 a.m. last Friday, I opened the Apple Store app and it literally just said, hey, click here to finish your transaction. And it was one button tap, maybe two button taps, and that was it. So, you know, it, it took all of, you know, 40 seconds, maybe it was, it was great
0: that's yeah that that's that's pretty good i'm trying to think of a way, if there's a way that they could simplify because like ultimately like is there a way to just basically say like hey i always want the new one and just kind of you're just already enrolled or does that take away from the like the whole like competitiveness to get day one delivery
1: they i don't know apple seems to be really into that competitive first pre you know first day of pre-order thing because you know with most of their other products including you know the new max which we'll we'll get to here in a bit like with those are just like hey and after the event's over you can order these things whereas with the iphone it's always like and pre-orders start at 8 a.m eastern time on this date so you know good luck Mm -hmm. um so um but you know other than having to wake up a bit earlier in the morning it's it's it was a exceedingly pleasant experience this year
0: and and you did um 12 pro max 256 graphite is what right is called now yep okay and your reasons for not doing blue were
1: uh you know i'm just i'm just not i'm not really a um
0: a blue man as you would say (laughs) So, but, and I, and I, lastly, I forget, do you, are you, do you go caseless or do you?
1: Well, I've, you know, I've had the experience that it seems like every other Apple podcaster has had where historically I had been without a case, but then over the last couple of cycles with the kind of bar of soap shape and feel that the iPhone has, has taken on. I've been forced to use some type of case, which I I don't really like doing. Um, but now with the, the 12 Pro Max, I am planning on going um, caseless again, which is one of the things I'm excited about. Neat. And so that will be here on Friday.
0: Cool. All right. Let me know how it is. Um... Yeah, well, like, you've always had Pro Maxes, so it's not really gonna be that different. Although this one is it heavier? I like. I know the complaints have been that almost all like everybody thinks that the Pro line feels denser this year, and that actually is entirely true. But I don't know if that matters that much with the Pro Max. But we'll see.
1: I mean, if you know, you're not ordering the Pro Max to get something that's small and light.
0: <laughs> so yeah. you you kind of know, you know what you're signing up for all right and then in terms of what i ordered and then also sorry uh, i sent you a link to the thing i finally found um which is uh, is very cute but also the uh the swarms of people and no masks even though it's it was a different time i don't know why but that now just freaks me out anytime i see that uh but yeah
1: pretty good sorry when you see what the volume came on this very
0: loud uh oh no just the uh the number of people congregating together and no masks even though i know this took place like Mm. two years ago but it's still seeing those images it kind of it's going to be a while to unlearn being afraid of people. Um, So I, because we've talked about it, I think, two weeks ago, where I've had kind of um, a want for a uh, whole apartment audio. And I haven't really found a good solution to that. But then the HomePod mini was announced. And it feels like unless the audio quality stinks, it might actually be the most cost-effective solution to this problem. Um. So I did a pre-order for two of those because they're only ninety nine dollars a piece, and I hope it works out.
1: Yeah i I hope you haven't been listening to either ATP or Upgrade the past couple of weeks because both Jason and Marco have had some pretty um, well, actually Mike too. Through the three of them have had some pretty brutal homepod related stories have recently. They? I yeah.
0: like I've been I've been fast forwarding a lot of upgrade uh, the past month oh, or so. Oh I forget
1: you're not a you're not an upgrade plus
0: subscriber are you? I am but I don't I I, I actively don't listen to it.
1: Okay, well then you you'd, you'd probably be better served not listening to this week's upgrade plus. What is the what's because... the complaint?
0: Like I already know the HomePod sucks. Like I but yeah, but so I that's that's not news.
1: Well, okay. So, if you really want me to Spoil this for you um so the general gist with both mike and jason is that apparently whatever the latest version of the homepod os is i don't know if it's the same number as ios like 14.2 or whatever um is basically just like totally broken where you know mike and the, so mike's story won't really apply to you because mike's is related to a new feature they came out with where you can um permanently pair your home pod or home pods to an apple tv mm-hmm. because i guess the way it worked before is if you wanted to use the home pod for the speaker setup of your apple tv you it's had like, to actually select it yeah.
0: every single time
1: which uh-huh. Wow. Well, yeah, but that, um, that's
0: very much in an iPad user's wheelhouse of just having, like, two <laughs> cement blocks around your legs, which is... Yeah,
1: um, that's kind of tough. So, apparently, they came out with a solution for that, which Mike, you know, immediately enabled, because that's something he was interested in. But the second he did that, the HomePods just no longer connect to his Apple TV, like, at all. Like, it's just not recognized by his Apple TV mm-hmm. as a, as an output source. Um. And then Jason, I guess, has been having all kinds of problems with Siri and um voice commands with Apple Music, where mm-hmm. she just plays the wrong track from an album that he that he starts. Like it'll just go in some random order, even though he asks to play the entire album and he, he lists a couple of a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Um and then I guess Marco's whole thing is that in order for the trigger phrase to work correctly on the home pod, you basically have to disable Siri and all your other devices <laughs> because the whole, you know, it, only one device is supposed to respond, but apparently that doesn't work particularly well.
0: Uh-huh. So, yeah, so all of this sounds great. <laughs> like, I... And I'm not trying to, like... I know like I know HomePods are bad and I know that Apple is bad at lots. Like, I mean, this this makes total sense because all I want it to do is be an AirPlay speaker. I have actually even Googled it and made sure that I can turn off. I don't want Siri to ever, ever answer anything ever. Like, I just want it to be a speaker where I can go in where I don't have to do like a Bluetooth pairing because I'm going from the bedroom to the kitchen. I don't want it to do anything. The fact that Apple has somehow broken Hey Siri, that's 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 the best. I mean, I I know it maybe sucks for other people, but like I don't want it to do that. So yeah, no, that's that sounds good. That sounds like a dream. Like I I get it like just because like you're firmly in the um the Echo family of products, right? Right. And like and that's not like a begrudging thing. Like you actually for the most part like them, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's the part where the HomePod always felt like something that Apple's never actually put their whole ass into making Siri good. And they made a speaker that at the outset was way too expensive. And sure, it was a good speaker. But like it was it was just it was like in the same way that they always talk about Apple TV as a hobby, like HomePod was always just like this extreme hobby because they did so little to actually make anybody want it. And the only people that actually bought it were like these Uber Apple fans. And I like, I mean, yeah, it's it's broken. Because why are you using a HomePod to uh, instead of buying real speakers? Like, eh. So I don't know. And in, in the whole like like where uh, Echo every time you ever like where it's gotten so damn good. Uh, other than the fact that I've had to um, uh, retire and like bury the uh, the stump Echo because it was causing some issues, but Echoes have gotten pretty damn good at figuring out which one should be which, but the hey siri across all your devices has always been an absolute mess and to the point where like the apple watch like do you remember when like this hey siri would trigger on your apple watch and you wouldn't even have said anything
1: oh yeah well and then they they introduced the whole raise to wait yeah and then you can finally turn off
0: the thing where it's still i never use siri on my watch but at least that makes sense where that's just so much harder to accidentally trigger so like I guess like meh, I feel like if you bought a HomePod and you wanted it to be like the full on HomePod experience, like that's kinda you went in with eyes open. I don't know. Like I mean, it's it's never been a good product, and like I want it to be the dumbest version of what is already a kind of dumb product. Oh.
1: Yeah, I guess now that I think about it, as just a an AirPlay two speaker, is there even any other ninety nine dollar speaker that's out there that that's airplay 2 compatible
0: well so that's the thing where i don't even care about the price like i mean i kind of do but like i mean if it was like they're 500 a piece then yes i'd have a problem with it but like if it's the sounds good that will solve my problems because i'll just go buy three of those and maybe one regular home pod like hopefully on black friday clearance turn off all the hey siri smart stuff or allegedly smart stuff and then i will just have an easy way just to tell my mac or my phone to send audio someplace and there's no Bluetooth futzing and it's great. Yeah. Like I, like, because that's where, that's why I was asking you about your Sonos, um, Sonos ones of how they sound for music and other stuff. And you were kind of, you were kind of meh on them, but you were like for 200 bucks, it's fine. But I kind of like, I, I've, I've looked at Sonos's return policy and I'm there. It sounds like a very generous return policy where they'll even pay return shipping, but I kind of don't want to just buy two of those and then very likely return it
1: yeah it'll be really interesting to compare the homepod mini to something like the sonos one yeah which is you know basically double the price of a homepod mini if if the if the home if if the homepod mini is really solid sounding then then that'll be that'll be kind of interesting
0: Yeah, because those I would only ever have that I would only have like in the kitchen and bedroom where I don't really care that much about sound quality. Like I want it to be listenable, but like my fear is that it's going to sound like an echo dot or something, which would be really bad. But otherwise, like I don't know. For the money, I feel the expectations are quite low.
1: I think the other thing the HomePod Mini probably has going for it too, especially with kind of your. I'm I'm
0: (laughs) I'm not taking a shot at your apartment. I'm just. A room filling sound is uh, is a is a relative term, and when uh, the room is smaller, it therefore it's much easier to execute on that goal. Like it, it's it's if the Trump administration taught us anything, if you set the bar really low, you still won't clear it, but it might look less bad. <laughs> so I
1: wasn't going quite that direction. I, I was. This is more a comment into. I, I'd say you have a very neat setup, a very well thought out setup,
0: and okay. the right.
1: HomePod Mini looks to be very, very small, which I think kind of fits your vibe. Whereas something <laughs> like the Sonos one is not I wouldn't describe it as being a they're large big. speaker, but but they're a little bit on the bigger side. Well, and
0: that's a yeah. problem with like I already have an echo spot in the kitchen. I like and you've seen my counter space situation. Like I mean uh I I don't really have a spot to put a like a, a big ass sonos one somewhere. Right. Yeah, so we shall see. But yeah, uh, uh, cozy and neat, I'll take it. <laughs> all right. Uh, so uh match point volley back to you. Oh wait, no, that's tennis, not soccer. Poop. All right. Okay, you're gonna leave it all out. Oh, the you pit.
1: you uh you pulled the a, a Ted Lasso.
0: <laughs> no, no, uh, no. Uh, wait, what was the one where it's not called practice? It's called training. Training. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I like that he has he has that line. He's like, "I got to go to practice." I mean, tr- tr- whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's leaving it all out on the pitch. All right, so you finished uh the 10 episode season of Ted Lasso uh from the Apple Corporation. I What'd did. What do you think? It's it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's
1: so good from from start to finish. It's Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what else to say. I don't have any original thoughts here. It's just it's it's really good it's not what you expect it's going to be which is what everybody says and you just have to kind of see it to understand that um yeah it's 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 really good and you know what i was i was thinking about this like kind of refreshing to have a 30 minute show because every you know everything is going to like not only the hour format but like like a like a true hour right like not it's, it's not yeah, it's not 44 minutes, minutes, minutes about mask. commercial yeah it's like <laughs> it's like literally sixty sixty five 65 minutes um whereas you know this is a tight 30 to 34 minutes i think per
0: episode yeah. which is which is nice the one exception to that rule because cause i do i very much agree with your tv fatigue thing or where everything because it's now streaming is is not targeting that like broadcast tv 44 minutes thing uh, Better Call Saul gets a pass on that, because I do love that those end up being, even with ad skip, end up being like a solid 70 minutes. So no, Those, those could take... be, be as long as they need to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ted Lasso is great. Everybody, like what, Thanksgiving's in a week and a half, right? God, no. This, uh, ugh, I keep wanting this year who, to be over, but it's, it's just who, the 11th. Who
1: even, who even knows? <laughs> that sounds
0: right. No, it is. It is 15 days from now. So you know what? Everybody just go eat a bunch of stuffing, grab some sparkling wine, and then just sit on your butt and just put chad lasso on and you'll have a much better day than if you were watching whatever type of um american football uh would be on so instead watch some real football and it's very enjoyable and there's many 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 well not that many but there's there's a lot of still sparkling gags um, <laughs> and we're not going to mention when some of them happen but i did you know what i'm talking about
1: i i, I do yeah i i now I now know what you're talking about.
0: And the best part, and I don't think this isn't a spoiler for some joke, but I do just like the... Like, every three episodes, there's always kind of like... It, and it's not, like, the most inspired joke, but, like, anytime there's a slag against tea, I'm always so happy. Because tea, cause tea is disgusting.
1: Oh, it's the worst. It's the absolute worst. <laughs> Whatever no, Dan
0: and Jason are talking about I'm like, what are you talking about? It's, it's just, like, I can just go have, like... I can just go get, like, mosquito rainwater from, like, my backyard and put some... <laughs> like oregano in it and and it's <laughs> and it's basically tea, so no anyway so i I very much enjoyed all of that, and there's lots of good gifs loaded into Giphy, so if you're if people are in some work slacks and you need to tell the team to believe or whatever um just forward slash Giphy, ted lasso
1: i mean just just another way of saying how good this show is there were there were a handful of jokes and moments in the show where. Like we literally skipped back thirty seconds to see them again because it's just it's just so good, mm-hmm. so funny.
0: Yeah, the, the nope, no, I was gonna give something that was that specific, and there again, there are no spoilers because it's a comedy. But the um, yeah, the stuff about his marriage I actually liked a lot.
1: Well, that's it, it. That very much plays into the this isn't the show you thought it was going mm-hmm. to be because because it, like,
0: it, it's, it's episodic, but it's not episodic like it's not well, like, a it just, deep, like a like like at the office where everything is it's a clean slate pretty much every episode
1: i think the office is actually a really really good comparison because i think it shares a similar kind of um style as the office i guess where it, it's it's definitely a comedy and there's a lot of really funny moments but there's also a lot of really Touching and and more serious moments. And the the way that it blends the two together is is just really well done.
0: Yeah. So go watch it. Again, even though Apple's television's pursuits have been misguided and it's a colossal waste of money, it brought us the show, so I guess it's all okay. And this
1: is a very like kind of you know T-word focused kind of angle. Mm -hmm. But I love with all these streaming services like Disney Plus, Apple TV Plus. That even shows like Ted Lasso, which are you know, <laughs> not some big you know high budget action show or anything, but they just they look spectacular in you know because you're I mean a you're not watching it on crummy compressed Comcast cable, and you know they're they're shot in you know 4K HDR and they just they just look really really nice.
0: Yes, but I also do think that just everything looks better on on the LG OLED
1: well that yeah that doesn't hurt either like
0: it's it's always just so nice to be done with a show and then you watch the credits and you're not blinded by uh title uh, like end credits on a black screen that is mostly just uh gray <laughs> right. like i don't know like if you i know it's probably been a while since you've watched something and like that on an lcd but when you were just done watching something that you really really liked and you'd see the credits and because the way lcds work you would just be taken out of the moment because you're just blinded by uh gray
1: um speaking of our LG OLEDs, I I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole this week. Cause I, I'm starting to kind of kick the tires on replacing that Sonos beam in the family room. Oh, I'm thinking you about hardly knew ye. Well, so I'm thinking about moving that too, because I think we've talked about on the show there we have a TV in the living room now as well. And so I'm thinking about moving that there. And then getting something a little bit more high end for the family room, which is a which is a bigger space, and it's you know it's hooked up to this nice TV.
0: Yeah, get the get the whatever what what was it called the Bose SoundTouch 700. That's
1: that's kind of what I'm leaning towards. Um, But I also looked at the Sonos Arc. Yeah, and this well, so this is what took me down the rabbit hole because the Sonos Arc supports Dolby Atmos, which is kind of the you know next gen surround sound standard and we've talked on this show it, at length about the complexities around 4K and HDR and like what specs of HDMI support what and like what kind of cables you need and all and all that and that's that's kind of just a big mess even though the promise of HDMI is hey one cable to set up you know everything <laughs> but the the details are a lot more complicated than that
0: Java right once run anywhere <laughs> um
1: turns out that that audio, and I guess maybe Dolby atmos specifically is is also just a complete and utter mess mm-hmm. where devices like the Sonos Arc only work over um its h d m i well I think it's h d m i arc. I think that's, that's the,
0: I, is it, I remember that being like, it stands for like audio return channel. It it, is audio return channel. I thought that was like, if you were trying to like bounce audio, I thought that was like, if you were kind of using your TV as like a receiver.
1: Well, well, which is, well, that's, that's what you, that's what you're doing when Hmm. you're using, when you're using one of these Sonos devices.
0: Hmm. Um, oh, so you mean Atmos can't be supported by optical
1: is your point. So Adobe Atmos is not supported via optical. Okay. So like my Beam comes with, it, it only has an HDMI port, but it comes with an HDMI to optical converter if you don't want to take up your HDMI ARC port. <laughs> and on the Beam, that works because the Beam doesn't support Dolby Atmos or any of the, the more complex audio standards. So whether you support it in, or whether you plug it into an HDMI ARC port Or whether you use the optical converter to plug it into optical, it it doesn't matter. But with a device like the ARC, it does. But the, the, the challenge is that on the generation of LG OLEDs that you and I have, the only way to pass Dolby Atmos through the HDMI ARC port is through one of the native apps on the LG OLED TV. So like, for example, if you use the Netflix app, which is built into the TV, that can pass Dolby Atmos through the HDMI ARC port to the Sonos ARC. However, your Apple TV 4K, which itself supports Dolby Atmos, is because it's connected to just another HDMI port on the TV, that's not able to pass dolby atmos to a, an external sound source that connects through the hdmi arc port like the sonos arc um that's something that lg has changed in their i don't know if it's in their 2019 models or if it's only in like their 2020 models but there there's a there's a new standard called hdmi e arc <laughs> um and that that does support um passing Dolby Atmos from other um devices connected to other HDMI ports on the TV. So it's it's a it's a whole it's a whole
0: mess. Can I pull pull like a, a Joe Biden centrist like a reality check thing on you?
1: Oh, and no, I mean that Dolby <laughs> Atmos doesn't matter, especially yeah. if you're only you using betcha. a soundbar. Oh, heck yeah. yeah. No. So that's no, that's that's the direction I'm going and I'm I'm I mean
0: I'm all for you upgrading the the soundbar, but I just feel like if you were somebody who had, like, properly wired 7.1 and all this stuff, like, yes. But otherwise, it feels like it's co- extremely extremely a setup. Like, I do think it's a good point of illustration for um, how all these things that have, kind of like USB-C and Thunderbolt and all that kind of stuff, where they, they sort of, it feels like it should just work, but it doesn't. But uh, I'm not sure it's worth the effort.
1: No, that that's kind of why I wanted to to bring it up, and I but I had the yeah the realization as I was going down this rabbit hole that even if you did you know buy a new TV and like get this set up, I bet you'd be really hard to press, uh, or you'd be hard pressed to tell the difference. <laughs> <Depressed> too to.
0: <laughs>
1: um, if you if you were only using a soundbar. Um, that was outputting Dolby Atmos versus at that same soundbar we're outputting just you know standard Dolby 5.1.
0: And can you give me the 20 second summary of what allegedly is the benefit of Atmos?
1: So so you know surround sound everybody knows, right? You've got the front speakers and you've got your rear speakers. If you've got a 7.1, then you've got your left and your right. And so you've got sort of like what I'll call I guess like horizontally oriented audio. Where you've got it on your side and in the rear and in the front. <laughs> Dolby Atmos, you've got speakers <laughs> that are actually like pointed towards your ceiling. And the idea is that sound bounces off of your walls. And so you get this kind of like vertical and horizontal effect. So you is get this kind, kind
0: of... 4D audio?
1: I guess, yeah. mm but but I mean to your point yeah. I think if you're going to go down that road and also like did, if, if you
0: wouldn't that to be like calibrated like wouldn't ceiling height matter like isn't that that sounds like not a a, a, a just set it forget it type thing
1: it, that's well bingo so I, that feels like if you really want to pursue that which you know I I would be fun to do but I I just I'm just not going to do it that's where you want to do like the standalone receiver and this the separate wired speakers which you know I've I've been there, I've done that a couple times and I'll probably do some kind of setup like that in the future, but there's there's something about hooking up a soundbar with a power cable and an HDMI cable and then just kind of forgetting about it. That's that's really nice. Cause I mean, cause I mean, receivers also introduce all kinds of other complexity, right? Where you've, you know, you've got to have a receiver that supports 4k HDR and and all that. Cause now you're passing, you know, your video signal through it. And it's, 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 that's a whole mess too. But anyway, what, what this is leading towards is probably not going with the Sonos arc just because like, you know, I, I'm, Happy with the Sonos devices we have, but I'm—I wouldn't say I'm blown away by them from a sound quality standpoint. Mm-hmm. Whereas I've always been really happy with with my Bose stuff.
0: Other other than the 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 fact that they added Echo stuff and and Smarts into it, like a year later, I like yeah, I would I would say that that Bose one's pretty damn good. Well, that's the
1: thing is like for me the the three boxes to check are. A really good sounding speaker airplay two support and amazon echo support and that bose sound bars checks all three of those boxes so yeah that's a strong contender
0: yeah uh so yeah just set up some slick deal alerts and then isn't that kind of, your kind of thinking. express
1: it is mm-hmm. uh, follow yeah i'm on kind on of thinking so. i'll i'll keep an eye out for that over the over the holidays and yeah, prob- probably do that just because that beam is just kind of, it's just, it's kind of a, I mean, total first world problem, right? But it's just like, we've got this like beautiful OLED TV <laughs> and the sound is just kind of like, I, because I'm, especially with movies and, and things like I'm, I'm a big believer in sound quality being basically equally important to picture quality and the beam just, it's just not, not up to snuff um especially compared to the picture quality of the OLED.
0: Yeah, one of the one of the least problematic purchases of the past 10 years is that TV. Just keeps on giving. It's 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 really good. Oh yeah, somebody else so not Gentrification House, but somebody else in the neighborhood on recycling day uh had an LG OLED box outside. So so the the word's catching on. I think that might be. Well, okay. and
1: and I mean man, the prices on those things have just <laughs> They've come down. It's crazy. I
0: think when I got mine, I think I got it on. There was some rebate, which I think made it seventeen ninety nine. I don't want to Google, but C O L O L E D C nine fifty five. I think you can 55. even get like the.
1: I think you can get even like the newer generation of what we have. Fifteen ninety nine. Yeah, for like fifteen hundred. That's
0: not bad. Although that's, no, no, that's no, more. That's more reason. Because cause it's one of those things of where like I know there's a lot of people who don't see value in iPhones, and increasingly I'm, I'm not necessarily seeing a value in an iPhone for what they cost. Especially since there's no charger now, um, we're getting somebody to see the value of like a $700 phone versus a $200 phone. Now that TVs are so cheap, and you can go and like next to your like when you are buying like five rotisserie chickens and all your Oxo pop stuff, or um, if you're walking by a like a a TCL or a Vizio TV that's like 60 inches for like $3.99, like it I I don't know if it's a tough sell or if you can probably say well yeah this i know this one is what tvs cost 3 years ago but it's really good or people just don't care cuz i don't i don't feel like 15s that much for how good it is but to get somebody to care about black levels it seems like a more than an elevator pitch
1: i'm sure comparatively the vizios and tlc's of the world you know sell tenfold 20fold of of what the lg oleds do but I, I there. I mean, especially you know, just through anecdotal things like this rabbit hole that I went down with, um, the whole Dolby Atmos HDMI ARC thing. That L G OLED's pretty darn popular. Like if you're if you at all care about this stuff, like that's that's the way that that people go.
0: That makes sense. Well, I think you're right. Where kind of if you're in that tier of the market, this has so much brand share and and mind share but I think you have to get over the hump where you're actually even looking at that. Right. Yeah. Um, we, yeah, we need to move on. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> all right. Um, uh, moving on to new business cause we're skipping everything else. Um, so cause I actually think the Apple events gonna be super fast unless you have a lot to share about it. One thing I did it was, was a, it was a quick event, 46 minutes. But before that, uh, you saw the results on prop 22. I did. Yeah. So the only reason I bring this up is that I do want to get your take on what I think is a really problematic um, element to governing in the way that California does direct democracy, which is, um, you still have the Uber app installed on your phone, right? I do. And did you get any of their um, courtesy notifications about how their service might not be available in California I do. if you don't vote a certain way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I... As things become, well, to start, direct democracy is bad, and most California voters are not qualified uh, or well enough informed to make the appropriate decisions, which is why we elect people to do that for us. And at times, uh, as voters, we even have trouble with that. But in California, uh, the reason why we ended up with stuff like Prop 13 is we give people the right, if we ask uh, 50 million Californians, wait, is that is that right? How many Californians are there? 40 to 50 million Californians to vote on things like this. And with Prop 22, uh, the rideshare companies basically put something on the ballot through sheer will and hundreds of millions of dollars uh, to basically make a carve out for them in California labor law, which would require a 7 78th state Senate majority in order to overturn and basically made them exempt from the controversial AB 5. Employee reclassification bill thing, but what I want to ask about is as companies get like at California is home to a lot of technology companies as companies like that have such direct access to consumers and therefore voters, what it i guess how do you think Uber and Lyft and Doordash and those types of apps acted in the run up to it, how much they spent on it? and if there should be consideration for how much influence a private company can have on influencing voters
1: well i mean th- this is one of the key issues with the way that our politics works right with you know the you know citizens united case from a handful of years ago and the the impact that's had with super PACs and just money and politics in general, you know, equ- equating free speech to to money essentially is is a is a huge issue that we have not only in California but but nationwide. And you know, specifically with Prop Twenty Two and the 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 Prop system here in California, it was one of the reasons I personally voted against Prop Twenty Two was. I just didn't feel like it was appropriate for a private, well, publicly held, but you, you get what I'm saying. A, a non company agency. E- exactly. Um, company to be able to basically say, we want to be exempt from this law, so we're going to create this carve-out and allow people to basically allow us to opt out of this law. And, you know, that's not to say that AB5 is perfect. I don't think it is. But it doesn't feel right for companies to be able to basically say, we're going to ignore that law and we're going to do things this way. And then the other crazy thing about Prop 22, which you mentioned, is basically allowing propositions to have any sort of like stipulations that they want. And in the case of Prop 22, it was requiring the 7th, 8th supermajority the state legislature to to overturn it, like that's just, it's insane. Mm-hmm. I like, I just I just don't see how that is fair in any way. Um, and you know I mean the, the, this year's propositions I I felt like were Extra there were dumb. so many issues with them. Yeah, like you had propositions which like
0: the dialysis one, which they keep where it's basically a proxy uh, union labor fight. But it's it's being decided to scale like it's being positioned as like a, a patient safety issue, which it's absolutely not. But it's it's just that's not what people should be deciding on. Where you now have ballot fatigue because there are things that are actually important like rent control and um, affirmative action and other other things that are actually vital. And if you're going to have a direct property system, there's so many bullshit ones that uh, that just. Cloud the judgment and maybe people have people check out entirely, or that they are just voting based on the most recent ad they saw on Wheel of Fortune or something. Like it, it's just, it's not a great system.
1: Well, and you have propositions that mix, you know, two to four different things into a single prop that are all under some, you know, they're sort of loosely connected with each other, but not really. And then you've got other propositions like that consumer privacy, one at Prop 24, I think, which, you know, even the EFF, which specializes in consumer privacy, they were like, "Yeah, we don't really know what this is going to do. So like, how do you expect, you know, the average voter to understand? I mean, I I would like to think, Carlos, that we're relatively tech savvy. And I I had no idea what that proposition was going to do. I I read through it. I listened to the Prop Fest podcast. Mm-hmm. The more I read about it, the more confused I got. So, yeah, it's the 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 prop system here is is broken in a lot of different ways.
0: And Prop fifteen uh, did not pass. It did not. Yeah. Uh, which that would seem like a very clear cut one. I, I I don't get why people vote against their interests. I guess. That's, you've you've known me a long time i've i you're supposed to get more conservative as you get older like i don't know if it's just the jackassery of the republican party and so many other things but i feel i'm I'm finding myself getting more liberal and i don't understand why
1: i think the the jackassery of the republican party probably goes (laughs) a long way
0: yeah but i mean just like why why are people who who's voting to have companies pay uh is this, this is this the whole thing about the Republican electorate. We're like why just why why do you keep hitting yourself? Why are you voting for stuff that is so clearly not in your best interest? You can feel that socialized healthcare is not the right answer. That's that's fine. It's a debate you can have, but stop voting against shit that could benefit you. Anyway. You have anything else? <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I think that's it. Anyway, just to round it out, again my my bigger issue, and I think something that we need to grapple with more. Like what what if there was in 2024 because uh, Google is a California based company, but I mean, it's a U.S. company. Like, what if there was a ballot initiative where that was going to be for increased regulation and scrutiny on Google or um, Apple or something? And in the same way that Apple sends you cute little push notifications telling you to go get your free trial to go watch Ted Lasso, if they could now do the same thing that Uber did, where they basically used their platform full of, a, captive audience of people who pay them money and ostensibly probably mostly like their service whether or not anybody actually will love a business is is um of questionable uh a, a premise but the fact that companies can use their existing customer relationships to so effectively target and badger and influence the behavior of voters is really scary like this isn't even a, like thinking 20 years ago where let's say you were a big mega corporation and you wanted to take out some billboards. You want to send out a mailer to everybody in the state. Like that was kind of the extent of what you could do. And you could run some TV ads, but you really didn't have a hook into every voter's screen threatening to take your ball and go home. If you can't keep fucking over your drivers. Like, I mean, it's, I feel like that level of it, even beyond. And I think you yeah, was a really good point you make with citizens United and kind of just unlimited corporate speech. Um, is that's going to be something we're really going to have to figure out in the coming future. Mm-hmm. All right. Real fast. On Tuesday, there was t- yesterday, uh, Apple did their third event in two and a half months where they did the formal introduction of what the Apple Silicon transition was going to look like, which meant the introduction of three new computers, two laptops, one, whatever the Mac mini is. Is it a desktop? Kind of. Sure. Sure. It's a, it's a desktop that people use with Pro Display XDR. So you're using your six ninety nine computer to connect to a six thousand dollar monitor, stand not included. We'll we'll come back to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh so do you want to give some uh some color? Uh no no um wouldn't be a pun, but no 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 jokes intended, but some color about the event in the background before we get into the products
1: before so i can't talk about the products oh, you no, want but, like,
0: to but about like just what the event was about and what tim talked about and all that kind of stuff before they actually like before we talk about like the laptops
1: well so i get they introduced the m1 right which is which is the first chip in well so apple has kind of retroactively now started referring to their iphone ipad and apple watch um, chips as Apple Silicon as well. So basically, just any chip that Apple itself has designed, which is the A series chips, which we've all kind of come to know. Um, and there, you know, there was a lot of you know speculation and questions around what this chip would be. Like, would it just be an A fourteen X or Z or or whatever?
0: So, real quick, did we ever? Because I feel like we talked about this. Did we ever get like either of us on the record as who thought it would be just called Apple Silicon? in something or because i know we talked about the motion coprocessor thing
1: we did we did talk about that last week we didn't make any hard and fast predictions but i i think i did make the point that the m1 was 100 fair game because this is the company that just four weeks ago <laughs> reused the magsafe branding so
0: okay that sounds plausible okay anyway uh, so yes yeah, so m1 m1 and oddly kind of across the line it's Basically, just it's it's a single processor for all computers right now.
1: So, I mean, I think, I think we just have to, yeah we have to talk about these products to to kind of get into it. So that it's you've got your MacBook Air, your 13 inch MacBook Pro, the two port version, um, which wait, to, you know, to clear, really? So yeah, so th- Ooh, this is I didn't, I didn't catch that. The, yeah, this has been. So I didn't really remember this during the event. And even immediately after the events, this still didn't hit me, but I don't know if it was an upgrade or somewhere else where I was reminded of something that I always forget about, which is that the 13 inch MacBook Pro has for some number of years now actually been basically two different products. Like there's There's been a two port MacBook Pro, which as that kind of name implies, has two USB-C ports and has certain configurations available to it and then there's a higher end real real
0: quick when that one came out originally that was called the macbook escape so it didn't have a touch bar so up and so before this event did the two port have a touch bar or no it so
1: thank you for also refreshing my memory on the other part of this that i forget is yes that's that's the the origin of this kind of split between the the um 13 inch macbook pro line which is When the Touch Bar was introduced, Apple kept a version of the 13-inch MacBook Pro, which did not have the Touch Bar, which I think Marco gets credit for for naming the uh, MacBook Escape because it had a, a physical Escape key, which was one of people's chief complaints about the first version of the Touch Bar. But then when Apple kind of revamped the Touch Bar and came back with, you know, a physical escape key and some other improvements and, and the new keyboard, et cetera, they, they kept this kind of split in the 13-inch MacBook Pro line where the you had this two-port version, which basically had kind of the lower-end configs available to it. And then you had the four-port version, which had the higher-end configs available to it. And I don't remember exactly what was available to which, um but in any case that's not really important the the context for all of this is that the 13-inch MacBook Pro which now has the M1 chip in it is the 2-port 13-inch MacBook Pro. So when you go to buy a 13-inch MacBook Pro now from Apple the 2-port version is the M1 across the board. If you want the 4-port MacBook Pro, 13-inch MacBook Pro, that still has an Intel chip in it. And presumably will probably sometime next year become the 14 inch macbook pro similar to how the 15 inch became the 16 inch and then pick up pick up the m1 or i don't know some or the m2 or, or whatever
0: okay I, i'm sorry can i completely ruin whatever flow you had going just because sure. i'm gonna forget this uh this makes sense because I, I i skipped through a lot of upgrade this week but one thing i did catch was was something that I think Mike was talking about was kind of the the two port limitation, where even on the Mac Mini, there's two USB C, USB four slash Thunderbolt ports. So maybe that's where just the M1 chip literally only can accommodate the, two. The,
1: yeah the m the M1 only has two. USB 4 slash Thunderbolt controllers on it, which is the port that's available on uh, on these M1-powered computers. So, so yeah, when, exactly. Okay. So two ports is the,
0: is the limit. So basically, that's why... So assuming there's going to be an M1 Max or something that comes out to power whatever the 27-inch iMac and the 16-inch MacBook Pro, eventually that will then get backported into the four-port MacBook Pro when something... Which whatever the arm equivalent of like PCI express lanes or whatever uh, can accommodate more than that. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Okay.
1: Exactly. Um, So um, because we kind of went down the 13 inch MacBook pro tangent right away. But yeah, that's yeah. fine. So the, the, so the MacBook air that has been completely turned over to the M one now. So if you want a MacBook air, the M one is now your, your only option. 13 inch macbook pro you have the option of going with the new m1 which is the two port macbook 13 inch macbook pro or the four port version still has intel um chips available in it and then we've got the mac mini which apple also used as their developer kit for apple silicon over the summer and that now has the the m1 in it as well um and yeah, I mean you you briefly mentioned this. I think one of the really interesting things is that there's one chip across this whole line. You know, there's not a there's not an M1 X in the MacBook Air and an M1 Z in the MacBook Pro. It's it's just one chip across the board. Um and and as, you know, predicted, Apple didn't talk about clock speeds or, or anything like that there's a lot to the talk about yeah but, <laughs> and, but but what's what's fascinating right is that the so the macbook air is fanless mm-hmm. whereas the 13 inch macbook pro and the mac mini have a a cooling system
0: a fan-based cooling system yeah i love the part inside. where active cooling is code for it has spinny fans that make noise <laughs> right <laughs> it's a good euphemism it's and, very um, yeah
1: and the phrase Apple used, I think, both during the Mac Mini presentation and during the MacBook Pro presentation, is that those products could sustain
0: yes. top performance for longer. That, which again, this is this is very, uh, like, we just got out of an election cycle, but this is a very, like, cagey phrasing, where rather than saying the MacBook Air will get throttled down because to stay within its thermal envelope, if it's operating at like full capacity for more than 10 seconds at a time, saying that the higher end ones can sustain performance longer is a really, it's not disingenuous, but it's a really interesting way of explaining away why these are basically all running the exact same thing, but that there may be better performance for certain types of tasks with the better computers.
1: Right. So in layman's terms, I guess the way to say this is that for, many many tasks there's really no difference in performance between these three products and for very specific tasks um mainly ones that require lots of cpu cycles over a longer period of time running chrome <laughs> exactly good example
0: mm-hmm.
1: the 13 the 13 inch macbook pro and the mac mini Will be faster than the MacBook Air because they'll be able to sustain this this maximum performance for longer um, but I think the the consequence of this is you know apple's mac lineup for for a while now has always been a little bit fuzzy in terms of product differentiation between the various products
0: it's had a lot of like redundant parts but they're like there's still reasons where you'd pick something else but yeah the the overlap of the 13th macbook pro and air have is always been um very like lacking clarity
1: right and 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 especially now because it it feels like and and the, some of this will get fixed over time as the entire line changes over to to apple silicone but like at least as things stand now you know, if you if you're somebody who really needs like maximum performance out of a 13 inch size laptop, this new MacBook Pro is probably not for you. Like you'd probably still go out and buy the the Intel based machine. Which you know, little quick tangent, you've got to be leaving this event feeling extra good about your purchase earlier this year because you you were already not going to be an early adopter with with Apple silicone, but like. What would have maybe been a little bit of a bummer is if like these machines were just like totally revamped, super awesome, which we'll, we'll get to a
0: yeah, well, kind of well, what like I mean it, by that in a little yeah, bit. But. Like before we wrap up, I'll compare the specs of what I got to what theoretically this could possibly be. But um but like and, and again, I think to sum up what you're saying or to maybe put like a clearer like um dichotomy around it, which is like who is picking the the MacBook Pro over the MacBook Air? Like you're basically you're paying three hundred dollars more to get a touch bar you don't want.
1: Well, and and like within the MacBook Air, what's hilarious is you've got this 7-core GPU version and an 8-core GPU version, which, you know, as everybody has has quickly pointed out on the internet, is is basically just this, I guess, what's called binning, which is like... Production yields and stuff. Yeah, you end up with these chips where one of the cores maybe doesn't quite... You meet your expectations so instead of just throwing it out you 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 sell it with the promise that well if you, seven of these eight cores basically work um which you know like I, I should pull up apple's website to see what the the exact difference in price between the um seven and eight core version is here
0: wait are there two processors on the macbook air or just on the pro so the
1: the the Pro and the Mac Mini only have the eight core GPU version.
0: Oh, and it's only the GPU that's different. So yeah, it's oh uh, well, it's gonna be tough for you to tell because um uh, so it's two fifty in difference between those that that core difference on the GPU, but it also comes with doubling of the SSD. So that's not gonna be a fair.
1: So here, so here, so if if I. So if I start with the seven GPU seven core GPU MacBook Air and I upgrade to a five twelve SSD oh, so it's $50. I get to eleven ninety nine, so it's fifty bucks.
0: Yeah. Um can we talk about the other bad part about this? Or not bad, but is that sixteen gigs of RAM max because it's just literally part of the processor.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's this it's similar to the story we were just telling about the maximum of two Thunderbolt slash USB four ports, where that's just kind of a limitation of the processor. Yeah, that appears to be the case with RAM as well, and it, this is obviously leading towards an M one X or an M two, which of which will support up to thirty two or sixty four gigabytes of RAM. Like, but they just haven't gotten there quite yet. Yeah. Um, but I, so I guess the, the headline for me coming out of this is, and and we, I feel like we always do this with Apple, but we, we've mentioned this a ton of times. Like we only bring up the things we're disappointed because we care so much about this stuff and we want it to be perfect. And so the stuff that's not perfect is the stuff that stands out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I'm not disappointed that we don't have a completely new form factor or that these haven't been completely re-engineered from the ground up. Like I'm not disappointed by that at all. What I am disappointed by though is that they didn't use this as an opportunity to make some small but like meaningful improvements. And there's there's three things that specifically I'm disappointed by. One is them not introducing Face ID with these machines, I think is just is crazy, especially in the context of them hyping the fact that their secure enclave is now, instead of being a separate chip, is now built right into, you know, the the processor. Yeah, but could Face ID
0: just, work with, with a garbage 720p webcam? Yeah, we'll it. <laughs> does it spoil item 1. <laughs> Lion King
1: 1.5? So, so let's get into it. item number two, which is... You know, they talked about how the M1 has the better, better image signal processing that, that I guess like the A14 and probably some of the earlier A series chips on the iPhone and iPad have had as well. Um, but, they, but, it, but they've... but but it Jeez, Siri just went off. Siri's Oof. mad. i got to turn that off. Uh, <laughs> um, but they've stuck with a 720p webcam. Like, I just think if if these machines had Face ID and if they had a 1080p webcam, neither of which would require some massive rethink of the design, I don't think. I just feel like that would be such a comp- more compelling story than, than what they were telling in this event. And then the, the third thing is... I think it just continues to be insane, and you you touched on this earlier with the Mac Mini. It's insane that Apple's only first party display <laughs> solution is this. Is it five or six thousand dollars? It's five thousand
0: without the nano coating, six thousand with the nano coating, and a thousand dollars if you don't want to have to pay a neighborhood toddler to hold your screen up while you're using <laughs> right. Excel. It,
1: it's six thousand dollars if you want to stand. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, cuz I mean yeah you I mean you your phrase is perfect right like you so you're really going to take your $700 desktop and connect
0: it to a $6000 display like come on well I only put Porsche floor mats in my Kia <laughs>
1: <laughs> like I just I don't know how you tell a compelling story about your laptop line without having a consumer focused first party display And I just, I think that was another just massive missed opportunity here. Like this would have been the perfect forum to say, we've got these really great new laptops and here is your, you know, new, I mean, if they're going to be reusing brand names all the time, here's your new Apple cinema display. Like, you know, it, it just, it, that felt like such a, such a slam dunk opportunity that
0: they just totally missed. Um, So I agree with all those. So I didn't put mine into any particular order. And again, I'm not, I I don't, I just like a lot of what Apple does recently. And I think a lot of what they do is lazy and opportunistic, but this is not, these are not what my complaints are based out of, but I think you're right where it, like, I don't care that it wasn't a broader rethink of things. Like I'm still resentful and annoyed that they got away with never apologizing for the butterfly keyboard that they willingly shipped and sold to people for four years. And that, that was the only thing that allowed me to replace my laptop with a dying battery was the fact that they finally replaced the keyboard. And I'm not really that bummed that they've replaced it with this because like there's a lot of caveats to it. So again, the M one processor, it only comes in one configuration, which again, they don't disclose clock speed or anything like that. You just get a bunch of hypothetical numbers where you, They say it's faster than 98% of all the PCs sold and whatever, whatever, which doesn't mean anything. But like so, there's the RAM limitation that we already talked about. There's the battery life figures, which I don't buy. Like I'm, I'm sure it's better, and I hope the instant wake thing, which did have the the meme, memeable thing of Craig opening the the laptop with Barry White playing. I mean like, that that's fun. I mean again, everybody everybody likes Craig except please button one more button. But like. It just there wasn't enough differentiation, and it does kind of make me concerned that there's a lot of things that maybe because I just don't like what is an M1 X going to look like that allows them to power a laptop? Because like I wouldn't cons- like my iMac has 64 gigs of RAM, my laptop has 32. Um, I I don't know if that one size fits all thing is going to work, other than them saying. Hey, we're just going to pack a ton of fans in the 16 inch slap two of them in there and, and hope and call it a day and hope it works out for everybody. Like that was the one advantage that you had with Intel's chips line is that they had like a lot of different computers or a lot of different processors that fit different types of use cases. And again, like I know this is going to allow them to create newer, smaller computers and they're gonna be more power efficient and stuff like that. But I just, a lot of the figures they threw around of how much faster something is like, I don't necessarily buy If like Joanna Stern, because again, she's the trusted authority on 13 inch laptops. If she does a thing where she says, Hey, I was using this. I had Chrome open. I was doing zoom meetings. I was in WebEx. I was in Slack all day. And this computer ended the work day after 12 hours of use with still 35% remaining. I will totally buy it. But when they're like, Oh yeah, it's, it gives you. 17 hours of wireless web which maybe means that they have one tab open in safari like i don't i don't know i feel like a lot of the statistics were very as you as you put in the online offline slack they were like very bezos charty that i that i didn't necessarily necessarily love but yeah like i mean i wasn't expecting them to do a gigantic rethink and do a paper thin like a re-envisioning of the manila envelope thing that they did with the macbook air but yeah, still 720p webcams. Like, these are the exact same computers as before. And the fact that they're like, oh, yeah, that thing that made picture quality slightly better on the iPhone 6, we put that in the laptop, so now it'll suck a little bit less. Like, that's not really a compelling feature. So, still no cellular on the laptops. Big Sur, up at, like, with all indications, the betas are still an absolute mess. Like... I don't know. It just seems like there's a lot of stuff that's unfinished and not really that. Like it feels like kind of a weird weird spot to make a splash because one thing that I heard on upgrade and sorry, I know I'm going on for a while, but that they mentioned is when the new, when the Intel transition happened, they made basically no changes to the computers, but I don't think that was true. They, when they came out with the original 15 inch MacBook Pro, that was when they introduced MagSafe and that did, wasn't that also the first time they ever had a lap, uh, a webcam and a laptop. Am I making those things I, up?
1: You, you'd be the authority on that. Not me.
0: I mean, I think both of those things are true where those were two really cool features that got introduced alongside a somewhat, um, uh, um, tumultuous or like, um, well, like, uh, what's, a uh, what's the, 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 word, um, a tenuous, uh, processor architecture transition. Um, so I don't know, like, I, I feel like there could have been more done or why not just sit on it for a year? Well, that, and that, that's exactly what
1: I'm getting at, which is like, why now it it feels like there there had been this really great story to say, like, you know, because of the new secure enclave built right in the chip that we have now, we now we can bring face ID to the Mac. And, you know, because of the um, graphics Um, processing power that we have, we can support this 1080p webcam, and we can power this great new standalone Apple 5k display. Like, all of that was just it was out on the table for them and did not require any sort of major rethink as to what a Mac laptop is, or what the design of a Mac laptop is. But there would have been all of this really great stuff to go along with, you know, hey, all of this is possible because of apple now taking control of the chip design process and and instead all we got was basically the same story that we just got a month ago with the iphone 12 pro which is here's the iphone it's faster and it's got 5g and with the mac now it's here's the m1 it's faster and it's got better battery life but it's got literally nothing else different about it
0: yeah and and i'm just going to go back to the fact that just like just they could have waited i i don't feel like there's anything ga- like i don't think you're building customer confidence like that the computers need to look the same or you're going to spook people
1: well but the, and that but that that's that's what I mean like that's why I think the examples that I keep using around face ID and the webcam and a standalone display like
0: well I think those you are get
1: just, the, you get the best of both
0: worlds well, because those are you, intuitive wow features because the technology was ready and when when touch ID got introduced in the 5 that was just like yes that makes entire sense this is a logical upgrade but something is is something is is completely different whereas this this wasn't
1: Right, and so you, you could have had the comfortable, familiar design, which is also better and easier for Apple, presumably, but you can still offer these really great new features, mm-hmm. and they just – and to be clear, like, obviously, they're going to do this. Like, I'm sure – I don't exactly know what the time horizon is, one to three years, let's call it. Like, obviously, Max will have – face id and obviously they will start to get better webcams across the board apple's standalone display story who knows what that's going to be but but at least with these kind of smaller internal improvements that we're talking about like those will obviously come at some point i just think it's seems like it would have been a good fit right now exactly
0: Uh, and and just uh, like just treading water for another year with intel processors i mean just like because that would have given big sir more time to fully bake like it just it feels like i've been more satisfying to have more happen where i i just don't see any compelling reason where this is the story for for right now because the, uh, and the other glaring omission and we'll, and we'll wrap up on this which is that no touchscreens which is fine like i'm i'm not somebody who's like a, a, a amazing or like a, a super earnest and steadfast proponent of touchscreens on computers like i generally don't like it like i have mentioned that i think a lot of the changes in big sur are because they're priming people to be ready for touch screens but like are we just going to have like some fairly middling and, and mediocre apple silicon first generation products and then like the cool ones that actually have changed are going to come out in a year and a half like I, I don't i just i don't know necessarily what that serves because as we saw with the last quarter of max sales like People, when when you make a computer that doesn't have a keyboard, that's absolute shit. Like people, and people will buy it because they need to do their work. Like that's, I don't know what this is really, really doing. Like I'm, I'm glad it's happening. I want, I, I love the Mac. I don't love the iPad. So I, I want whatever happens to make Apple care about the Mac enough to keep putting stuff in it and keep churning out Macs. Use it's great, but like just, but yeah, I think we kind of work to it at the end, which is just the question of why now is kind of. Um, Went really unanswered. And I guess, like, who knows? Maybe in the spring event, there's going to be something where they explain what the revamp of the 16 inch MacBook Pro is going to be. And maybe things will be clearer if we see what a um less thermally constrained computer can be. But uh, as of right now, again, not really sure I know. Well said. All right. Chef so specials
1: Let's do it. um I've got an Apple Watch. Band for you, so I'll send you a link. First campaign. party or non first party? First party.
0: Oh hey, how'd it turn out? It's really,
1: really good. For um, ninety nine.
0: Hmm.
1: So this is the um the leather link band, which is a new band they introduced with the um, Apple Watch Series six back in September. And I had, I think I had mentioned on the show that I i had this on order, but it was it was back ordered for for some number of weeks. So I finally got mine. Um, 2 or 3 weeks ago. And it's it's just it's so good. Um so I got the the saddle brown color because I didn't really have any sort of brown colored band before. Um it's you know it, it's like every other Apple Watch but I, or every other Apple Watch band rather but I just feel like it stands out more with this one. It's just exceptionally well made. Like it just feels really really sturdy and really well thought out so it, it's it's magnetic um and the you know the magnets feel really strong where once you know once you've got it correctly sized like it's clearly you know not going anywhere um it's got some type of like finish on it. Like, as I know your concern with leather bands has been if they get wet, they start to look kind of weird. But this has some kind of finish on it, which I, it, this sounds like a, like a negative thing, but I, I definitely don't mean it that way. It's got this kind of like almost like plasticky kind of finish on it where mm. water seems to basically just beat off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause as, as far as I can tell, like it, it doesn't, when it gets wet, it doesn't really change appearance in any way. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's it's phenomenal. It it instantly became, um, one of my favorite Apple Watch bands. Like to the point where, and I, I I'm probably not actually going to do this, but like to the point where, like, I thought like, well, maybe I should get the black one too. Um, but it, it's it's a hundred bucks, so I'm not going to do that. But and I already have have <laughs> Four different black Apple Watch bands, so I don't need another, you know, boring black one. But, um, and the only other colors are California Poppy and Baltic Blue. Neither of which are are in my wheelhouse. You are not into the blues. I'm not into the blues. No.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Well, that's that's good. And, and and 99 because again, when we talked about this, the I think when you were teasing that you might have ordered this. Is that the very like the the um very similar leather magnet loop, I forget what the official branded name was, that one was two fifty and it's basically the same thing this is. This is a much this is a shockingly reasonable price for something from Apple.
1: Yeah, and I, I would describe a hundred dollars as being my upper limit on an Apple Watch band. Yeah. I I don't think I'd ever spend anything more than that.
0: Yeah. Interesting, cool. Yeah, that poppy. Hmm. I think that, I don't know. I've, I I might do the poppy. I can't. Is this, uh, is this like a yellow orange? It's not orangey. I know. It's this not is, tan. Th- th- th-
1: this is super not helpful in, in the in the environment that we're in. But if this feels like very much something you'd want to see in
0: person. And also on this web page, why is it showing me Super Bowl numbers? On the third. Image? Oh yeah, I don't know. Is that a watch face? I guess. What is so. that? twelve, nine three six, Is that, I don't even know what that means. Okay. Moving on. Uh, you know, I don't have one this week. Donald Trump's not the president anymore or two weeks or two months. <laughs> Fuck it. You know, let's go. <laughs> I don't care what my copy of says. Let's just, everybody be happy for a week.